Good morning, everyone. It's Judith Echo. You're listening to Mad Love. What's good? It's Friday. You know, I'm usually up in my fields. Friday fields. It's a thing. And I am. <laughs> it's been a busy week. It's been a busy two or three weeks, really. Um, just a lot going on and trying to stay focused on the big prize, the big goal um, in my personal life. And also just trying to adapt and be flexible and, and just, you know, be a good human being and a good citizen uh, in general. So, you know, that's a lot. Got my hands full. <laughs> so anyway, you know, everybody around Trump is like going to the clink. So it's interesting. Uh, as you guys know, I always say you are who your team is. So you know, if all your boys in jail, you're probably going to jail too. So good luck. <laughs> it's fascinating. It took two years longer than I thought it would. Because, of course, I am a research person. And, you know, it's weird. I, I, I feel like everybody does that, but I don't think they do. I'm one of the few people that I I know that when something is in question, I just go to research, especially now that there's Google. I mean, so I did a lot of research on Donald Trump because I usually just form my own opinion about people or situations, whatever. I don't take other people's word for stuff too much. I usually want to see for myself and then I draw my own conclusions, which, you know, most people, uh, the feedback I've gotten on that has been good. I like, I like that you, you know, wait to have your own opinion about things. And so I did a lot of research on him and I couldn't believe that people were falling for the okie doke all because he was on TV. I mean, like, that's how that's how not with it. A lot of Americans are. Oh, he's fine. He's been on TV. <laughs> that's not good enough. That's a really low bar. Oh, he's been running all these businesses. But did you look up his history with business? It's horrible. If he weren't rich to begin with, like if he just hadn't been given everything he has, he'd be broke as hell. He not good at this. So it's really fascinating to me that people are just, you know, I'm voting for him because we need change. Change from what? You know, and I know everybody, listen, I know some people who are really not happy with Barack Obama's presidency, but I feel like he only had Congress for one, for the first four years, the second four years, you know, it was like, great, we'll vote for Obama and then we'll vote all Republican after that. <laughs> and it's like, so how is he supposed to um, function with a do nothing Congress? And I get it. Obamacare or affordable health care was not perfect. I had to use it. It was not ideal. However, it was something. And I feel like, you know, he just he really had a feckless last four years because nobody would reach. He was trying to reach across the aisle and like nobody would reach back. So, I mean, it's just an interesting world we live in. People are really extreme and everybody thinks they're right. And, um, you know, everybody's right until they're not. So it's fascinating. Also, I, the other day I made a quote at work about, um, uh, that life is full of peaks and valleys and one of my coworkers reacted like, you know, I created that statement, <laughs> which I quickly acknowledged, like, I think that's a pretty old phrase. She was like, no, no, but it, it is true. And it's so appropriate. Like life is the 
peaks and valleys. The problem is, I feel like the problem is everybody loves the peak, wants to stay on the peak, and we're not built for the valley. You know, our ancestors were built for the valley. My great-grandmother's worst day, my my worst day doesn't compare to her worst day. You know what I mean? Not even my grandmother. You know, I think about her every time I pass a water fountain or a bathroom. It's like, man, my grandmother couldn't even go in here. You know, she probably wouldn't have even been allowed in the building. So it's like, I think about that and I process those things. But a lot of these young people are so privileged and entitled, even black kids, even black kids who are out here carjacking people every five minutes have some sort of privilege. It's not a privilege you and I would want, um, but you have to feel pretty bold about yourself to go steal somebody's car and threaten them with a gun and drive off with it. Like, I think that's pretty, pretty ballsy. And then on top of that, if you get caught like more and more, you just see kids, they get caught sleeping or, uh, going to somewhere in the stolen vehicle and then they decide, Oh no, I'm not going to jail. And they start running and, and, and shooting and driving and creating all these terrible scenarios. Uh, one kid, I don't know if he was a carjacker, but you know, it's like the guy who, who got caught in the parking lot of like a hotel and he's like, I'm going to make a run for it. Like have too many people watch movies or you're going to get caught. Like even if you shoot the officer that's right there, you're still going to get caught, you know? And uh, St. Louis has gotten hit. As soon as the call goes out, it's like six squad cars there. So yeah, brother, you may have gotten the first dude, but you ain't going to get the next six. Come on. Like, what is going on? I don't understand the whole running away from the police thing. You did the crime. You got caught. You know, is that the accountability thing I'm always talking about? Like, are people just that out of it that they don't have any accountability for their own actions? So you think it's smarter to shoot and possibly kill a police officer? You know, no matter what you say about the police or how you feel about the police, you know that's wrong. And, you know, that's going to give you more time. So why are you cool with that? Like, why are we asking the deeper questions? Like, what is what is so bad about your life that you want to go to jail and be there a really long time? You know, why do you feel like it's inevitable or that going to jail is just this inescapable thing that's going to happen to you? Like, why aren't we asking those questions of our young people, especially our young black males? Because... While it may be politically incorrect to say it, that's a lot of who's populating the St. Louis jails. I I know I looked it up because <laughs> I do research, you know, and it's just troublesome to me. It's really troublesome to me. Not only, you know, is that there may be some sort of racist mentality that still grips this city and many other parts of the United States, but also. What about our self-hatred? What about that slave mentality that people haven't gotten rid of? You know, it's troublesome to me. And I am in my feelings about it because, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of really smart, educated, interesting people. And many of them have raised smart, interesting, educated kids and they don't live here. So our population of 
black middle class. I mean, it's just dwindled. But but I get it. I mean, I'm not going to leave an executive job in Houston to come here and not be an executive. You know what I mean? I'm not going to leave a dope job in a great city to come here and possibly be in a race riot. You know, I get it. But St. Louis needs to fix its own shit. And we need to be honest about what our real issues are. I feel like everybody's trying to tackle it from the outside instead of just jumping right on in, in the middle, and uh, talking about education. We need to be really, really at the forefront of uh, rehauling the curriculum. Curriculum right now, the curriculums in schools right now are not preparing kids for the jobs that are available. We know this. It's fact. And people are just still sending their kids to these schools, you know, and a lot of people in St. Louis see the reason why public schools can stay the way they are mediocre is because of the racial and socioeconomic divide in the city. But also because if you got the means, you just send your kids to private school. You know, I was private schooled. Um, it, people don't look down on that here. It's like, oh, OK. Just send your kids. And for me, I went to Catholic school, but uh, the parishes in the in the black communities have dried up like they're not there anymore, uh, except. For, yeah, the schools aren't there. Um, I was going to say, except like there's still churches, but there are not a lot of schools left in in black neighborhoods that were considered middle class when I was a child a long, long time ago. So what's fascinating now is people are sending their kids to private school and it's almost, you're almost priced out of it. If, if you're not really willing to spend 10, 20, $30,000 a year on your kids education, or if, even if you can do that, you know, uh, the, the level of sacrifice you may have to make 20 or 30 years ago, it might not have felt as steep as it feels now. You know, because salaries haven't risen at the at the price at the same rate as prices of things. So, you know, it's a it's fascinating. And nobody talks about all the things that I think are the real issues because, you know, I guess it's politically incorrect. You know, it's not it's unpleasant. It's not an easy fix. Um, And, you know. You have to own your past. And St. Louis doesn't do it. They never take the opportunity to own the past. You know, it's been one of the most racially segregated cities in the history of the country. (laughs) I mean, I may be exaggerating, but a lot of people always comment on how St. Louis does not quite feel like a modern city. And it's mostly because it's so obviously segregated. Um. And it is. It really, really is. Try to buy a house. Call a real estate agent and be of color and see where they try to make you live. They almost always pitch North County to you first. And a lot of people think, well, that's fine because I want to. Well, maybe it's fine and maybe it's not. You know, property values, uh, school systems. You know, if you got the means, look around. You don't want to just be pigeonholed to one area. So, I mean, St. Louis has some work to do. This country has some work to do, but this is where I live. So it hits home a little bit more. All right, fam, I got to get out of here. 
I appreciate the love and support. The The listens are up. You guys are just blowing my mind. Thank you for the support. Thank you for sharing this podcast with people you care about. Uh, I find it amazing that people want to hear me talk for 10 minutes a day, possibly uh, today is 12 minutes. Uh, that's awesome. And I appreciate you. I'm still working on some really exciting projects for early next year. Probably just going to stay pretty mellow to end the year. I can't take much more excitement, <laughs> but know that I'm thinking of you and planning some great content for 2019. And, uh, I appreciate the support. I really do. If you like us subscribe, that means everything to me. I appreciate your support. Um, also my production team with Copra Manifest, they're out there. They're on Spotify. They're on Apple Music, all those places. If you want to follow us on Spotify, we'd appreciate that. A good chunk of the music that's out there is uh, available for licensing on songtrader.com. And quietly, these things are starting to, you know, percolate a little bit. Um, So thank you so much for your support. And know that we send the love right back at you. We got nothing but love for you. In fact, we we are better than just regular love. We got mad love for you. You can't beat that. Have a good Friday.
just wondering if I could, you know, maybe come over. Can I come over? <laughs> <laughs> 